1: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. If you
2: are listening live, today is July 16th. It is mama's birthday, so she is not with us tonight. That dang woman left me and went to dinner without me. Can you believe that? (laughs) I can't believe it, but she did. She did, but that's all right, because... We are going to have tons of fun without her. If you are listening live, I want you to come into our chat room. Just go up to the top of Webmaster Radio, click on the chat link, and get in here. This way you can ask questions, you can listen live, you can chat with friends, and basically have one heck of a good time. Because tonight, I've got a really cool guest for you tonight. You will want to be in here. Tonight, we are interviewing John john lawson aka colder ice and we've interviewed him several times here before he's always fun he's always wonderful and i did not get to visit with him enough in chicago john how are you tonight
3: hey shauna how are you
2: oh i am good i am good i was so excited i was like i didn't even know you were going to be in chicago and yet i got to see you for a little bit
3: yeah we had a a good time and had some. What are those uh special mojitos that they had there that was cool yes
2: yes, but my favorite part of that uh, Yahoo party was absolutely those delicious desserts at the end,
3: oh wow yeah the food was outstanding
2: yeah yeah those were awesome see Yahoo throws these parties when they have the um um conference the internet retailer conference every year and you have to go just for the food and drinks because they're amazing <laughs>
3: Exactly, guys. I mean, you have to stop by the Yahoo booth and find out where their party's going to (laughs) be.
2: That's right. That's right. All right. So this month we've been interviewing online store owners to learn, you know, how did they get started? What's their story and what are they doing now? And you are a perfect example of somebody who started out small and became... Well, famous. I mean, you are famous now. Um, we, we bow to you. So, Whatever. <laughs> so tell us, first of all, what, when was it and how did you start your first online store? What year was it, first of all?
3: Uh, I think it was 2000 or 2001, somewhere in there.
2: Okay. All right. And what, to- what was the product that you were selling? What was your very first one?
3: I mean, the very first thing I ever sold was a, well, you know, it was a, it was a pair of tickets to Elton John. Really? Yeah.
2: (laughs) Really? How interesting. So what made you decide to get online and sell these tickets? You just didn't have a need for them?
3: Yeah, th- it, was, it was like Elton hadn't toured in a long time. I mean, now he's touring. He's done the Vegas show. But at one point, he hadn't toured for a long time, and he was kind of coming out of semi-retirement. And so I said, oh, that would be cool. I'd love to go to New York and see the show. So I bought tickets for Madison Square Garden and then really couldn't make the trip, so I had to get rid of them. And I ended uh, up putting that stuff online in an auction, and it sold for like two. Two and a half times what I paid for. Nice. Six times what I paid for.
2: (laughs) Nice, nice. Okay, so you probably got a bug.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I got a real bad bug. Okay. Good bug.
2: Yeah, I bet. Okay, so what happened from there that led you to actually selling products online?
3: So then, you know, I was always pretty enterprising and wanting to do something, and I ended up uh, flipping a house. You remember how everybody was buying houses at the end of the last decade and trying to flip them? Well, I guess two decades ago now. But, uh, you know, um, I got one house, and I didn't get to flip it. So I ended up with two mortgages and couldn't afford it. So I was about to go bankrupt, and I needed to do something. So I started looking around my house for more stuff to sell. And I started selling my old uh computer books. Remember huh? those big thick computer books yes. you know, that teach you HTML and Java and all that greatness? Mm-hmm. I started st- I started reselling those and that's how I actually got started as a business.
1: Oh,
2: isn't that interesting? And you probably, like most people, started it out of your living room.
3: Actually, yeah, kitchen table, totally. Uh, doing that, and then um, I needed something that I could get more of. So we started actually looking in the Sunday papers, and this was back when the office supply stores were having their uh, big fights with each other, and every Sunday they would give away something. It would be free uh, DVD stacks, you know, or, no, they were um, recordable CDs back in the day.
2: Uh I remember that.
3: They used to give away, like, this big 50-spindle of, of uh, free after rebate stuff. And we used to go and literally drive around town and pick up the free after rebate stuff and resell it online.
2: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's it, it comes from a need. I think that that's when people become their most successful when it really comes from a need where they have to be successful in order to make it.
3: Absolutely. I mean, there's nothing. Uh, more motivating than a foot in your backside.
2: (laughs) Isn't that the truth? (laughs) It is is the truth. High five. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so now you're selling, you know, you're going around, you're picking all this stuff and you're selling it. At what point do you go to a supplier to start selling your own products?
3: Well, you know, I I started saying, you know, we need still – It's this is not enough. This is not enough. And um, we started looking around for other things that were somewhat similar in terms of high in demand and low uh, output. And uh, one day I was looking on Dell and I realized that Dell, the computer people had an outlet store where you could buy the returns that they would remanufacture them, but they couldn't sell them as new. So we started selling Dell computers, the used or the refurbished ones. Uh, right, we would buy them right from Dell and resell them. And, I mean, that was probably the beginning of something really big for me.
2: Really? I yeah. didn't know that about you.
3: Oh, I've sold. You know what? A lot of the people don't know. I've probably sold everything under the sun at one point or another. <laughs>
2: Well, I think it's interesting that as we've talked to store owners, we're learning that you might start with one thing, but as business evolves and as you evolve, you start selling different items and moving with the market.
3: Absolutely. I think that's one of the great things about being a small mom and pop kind of operation. It does allow you the flexibility to... Change on a dime. Find what's really moving fast. Go grab it and start, you know, uh using it. I mean there's some benefit to being able to do that.
2: Mm, Absolutely. And I bet no matter what you're selling today, you probably know of a new product that you might be selling tomorrow.
3: Yeah, I'm always you know what one thing I am always thinking about. And I think all of us really should be is we need to be constantly sourcing unless you're making your own product. But even if you're making your own product, you're still looking for other lines you can add to that. you got to constantly do that because this marketplace and and, and this market and this business that we're in moves so quickly and the competition catches up with you. They will catch up with you if you stay stagnant
2: absolutely and you hear so many stories from people on amazon or people on ebay i mean it's 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 different people happening at different times but it's all the same you know it's all just competition that comes up and you've got to find new and innovative ways to handle your business
3: absolutely and also you got to find new marketplaces and channels sometimes to uh you know be able to liquidate some of your stuff so it's always it's always interesting that's for sure
2: (laughs) that's true you can't get too comfortable all right let's go ahead and take a real quick break but we're going to learn more about you know how did john go from you know selling these dell computers to now being this Big speaker for e commerce. He just did a wonderful speech for eBay on location, and he's going to be a keynote speaker, if I'm not mistaken, for the upcoming Yahoo Summit. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to ecom experts on webmasterradio.fm.
1: Time to check out our sponsors. Ecom experts will return after this.
0: Join the thousands of search and social media marketers at one of the largest events of the year, SES San Francisco 2012, August 13th through the 17th. Learn more at sesconference.com. SES San Francisco 2012 kicks off three days of sessions with a keynote presentation by Google Digital Marketing Evangelist, Avinash Kaushik, speaking about business optimization in a digital age. Check out daily Meet the Expert roundtables where you can take part in intimate and informative discussions with industry icons. And over 70 sessions, a crowded expo floor, on-site training at the ClickZ Academy, the big search engine watch eliminator, goodbye, and webmasterradio.fm search bash, and you'll have SES San Francisco 2012, August 13th through the 17th. Register for SES San Francisco 2012 today by clicking on the banner ads from the webmasterradio.fm website or go now to sesconference.com. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis.
1: You're back with the ecom experts, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Shauna Siegel.
2: Welcome back, everyone. And we are learning what does it take to become A successful online store. And if you haven't heard of John Lawson before, let me just give you a little bit of information about him. He was recognized as a small business representative on a nationally broadcasted American Express commercial. He was also dubbed the undisputed guru of eBay by the host of Fox 5's Good Day Atlanta. Um, He has done lots of speaking about social media and e-commerce. He has sales channels on Amazon, eBay, Yahoo stores, he's got a company website he's a certified eBay platinum power seller you know, this guy knows e-commerce, so John, tell us, how did you go from the Dell computers because if I'm not mistaken now you're doing a lot with clothing now, aren't you?
3: Yeah, you know, um, we ended up doing uh, what I call um, hip hop accessories and um, and I don't know exactly how we totally got there, but I remember one day driving around my neighbor, well, not my neighborhood, but around Atlanta, and um, I saw these uh, business parks, and I was like, oh, I wonder what's back there. And I went uh, driving through, and I saw a wholesaler that was in one of the business parks, and they were selling bandanas. And I was like, I wonder if you could sell bandanas online, you know? And I took a few dozen and started listing them on eBay. And I guess the rest was kind of history because now I found something that was easy to package because those Dell computers were huge. I mean, they were in my mom's garage. They were taking over two rooms in my house. I didn't have, you know, I was living in an apartment at the time. And I just didn't have the space. And it was getting to be a lot of uh, driving back and forth. My mom lives about, or at that time, she lived about 30 minutes away from me. And I was doing way too much driving just to get boxes labeled for the UPS. <clears throat> so that's what that's what kind of got me started in apparel or apparel uh-huh. accessories. And uh, after that started, I was like, well, what other things, you know, would go well with the... Bandanas. We started with the sweatbands, the do rags, and all that. And then we ended up with the product lines we're into today. Mm.
2: What I love, yeah, ta da. But what I love is that how you kind of jumped in using social media with video. Um, I know I've heard this story, but maybe if you could tell our listeners about your first YouTube video.
3: Yeah, uh, that was um, just because. I got tired. I used to get after people would buy the bandanas. They would want to learn or know how to fold it like some hip hop star. You know whether that would be something that Eminem was wearing or Tupac at the time. You know, like I said, this is like ten years ago. So uh. they would they would want to know how to fold it. So I got so tired of answering the question that I one day just pulled out one of my flip cams. And I don't actually, it wasn't even a flip cam back then. It was one of those one megabit pixel cameras that also did video. That's how old this thing is, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I pulled it out and I decided to show people five or, yeah, it was a four, four ways to fold a bandana. And <laughs> I made the cheapest, most worst lighted garbage video known to man. And today, that video has over 230,000 views.
2: Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? crazy. Uh, You know... I, 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 the reason why I laugh at that so much is because, uh, you know, I, st- I've started with coaching people and they say, well, I don't have everything just right. So I'm not mm. going to do it yet. I, I'm, I, I'm not ready yet. I don't have this right. And I don't right. have this right. And I'll talk to them the next month and they still have it. And the next month and they still have it. It's like, you are never going to do this because it's never going to be perfect. And I am so proud of you that you just went out there and said screw it i'm doing it even though it wasn't perfect i love that
3: well you know the enemy of good enough is perfect i
1: love that
3: oh absolutely that perfect perfect will kill you yes sitting around waiting for something because it'll never be perfect And one thing is, you can always, it's like, you know, what it said, you can lead a horse to water. You know what I'm saying? That means literally just start one step at a time. Mm
2: -hmm. Get something
3: out there. Get something out there. And then you can always change it as you go along. You can make it better. Yes. Yes. If you're sitting around waiting for it to be perfect, you'll be, you'll make excuses for why it's not perfect forever.
2: Yes and I love how you got you know started with that and and figured that out because my the way I learned SEO was by pure laziness as well, because <laughs> I got tired of getting the same phone calls about because I was selling Microsoft software. So I got tired of answering, well, what's the difference between Microsoft Office, standard, professional, and enterprise? And it was like the same questions over and over again. And I'm like, screw it. I'm going to write all this stuff down on the website that's not on the box because people always ask the same questions. And lo and behold, I'm all of a sudden out, you know, I'm selling out of these products because I'm ranked number one. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, that's how you do it. (laughs) That's
3: how you do it. I tell people right now, I mean, if you want something to make a blog post about or a, you know, tweeting about or some video, answer the top five FAQs you get from customers because if they're constantly asking you that, that means there are a whole lot of people that have that exact same question.
2: That are not asking. Just,
3: that are just not asking. Or, you know, they're looking for it on the web. If you make it into a high, high to, a how to kind mm-hmm. of, you know, way or or answer what it is that they are really trying to find out, they will find your video and suddenly you will become the subject matter expert. For that thing, whatever it is,
2: mhm excellent advice, excellent advice. and the thing I love about blog posts is that you know that blog post will will rank for years to come, and you can use that blog post to put on social media sites, you know, and you can use it at all these different places, and it will rank for years to come, and usually they don't even take that long to write in some cases.:
3: No, and it pays forever. You know, do it once, it pays forever. And Absolutely. that is the kind of stuff that you want, especially when you're talking about SEO juice. Because the longer it's out there, the more relevant it becomes as far as Google's concerned.
2: Yes, yes. All right. So now, how did you, besides the video, how did you get into social Uh, networking and social media to become like the oh I forget the title now and I had it I had it Uh in my head uh uh you were like social media guy of the year
3: it was uh the savviest in social media
2: that's right (laughs) that's right so how did you get there
3: well I mean you know again it was out of need because I had left a uh, you know corporate job and I was so used to the corporate culture at least of being able to do the water cooler and talk to people about you know anything that was going on in our company or you know maybe what you saw on TV last night. And so once I was working for myself, I was kind of isolated and a little bit lonely and along came this thing called Twitter and I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and I just started really just tweeting a whole lot of stuff out. And um, that's kind of how it got started, just because I needed somebody to talk to. Now, <laughs> there was there was that competition. And the competition basically was, you know, uh, write us your story. Tell us about how you use social media. So I did that. And then they asked for you to get people to vote for you. So instead of I was kind of like shy and want to just ask people to vote for me, what I ended up doing was every morning – I would tweet the five stories that I thought were interesting for e-commerce sellers. And at the end, my sixth tweet would say, if you thought that was interesting, please go over and vote for me in this contest. And that is how I really learned to use Twitter to get people engaged and to do what I asked them to do, which was click this button and vote for me. Nice. Yeah, it was kind of cool. It was
2: yes, cool. and nice. I won. <laughs> nice. Yes, you did. And you know what's really interesting is you know they look at these studies that says you know you do have to tell people what you want them to do. You know, like please retweet this, or you know uh, you got to tell them what to do because most people like to lurk at the social media.
3: Yeah, I mean you have to have a call to action. I mean, guys, we're in business. And everything that we do in our business, ultimately, we want to get people to that shopping cart. So you've got to have some sort of call to action, whether that is join our list, sign up to get something, blah, blah, this, blah, blah, that. You've got to make people do or ask people to do something so that you can convert what your efforts are in social media. You got to, I know you're out there tweeting and all that and it's not doing anything for me. I know it's not because you never asked them to do anything. You get exactly what you asked.
2: Absolutely.
3: And what you work for.
2: Yes, absolutely. And and if you're, you know, I think, also really depends on who your list is because you happen to surround yourself with other business owners. I've seen people that have a dog store and they're not even talk they're not even sure they're talking to people that own dogs.
3: Right. You know, they got a dog store and they're talking about, oh, look who's the new judge on American Idol. I'm like, guys, that's not going to get you to the customer you want to reach. I understand that 30 people retweeted that, but that those people aren't going to buy you anything from you.
2: <laughs> and that's a hard lesson to learn, isn't it?
3: Um, yeah, it really is. You know, and you don't want to learn it the hard way. You want to no. start out with a plan. And that's what a lot of us don't do. We have no plan. We just turn the thing on. Oh, it's free. And we start posting, you know, any old thing. And probably the (laughs) worst thing is that we start pushing. We start pushing our products down people's throat and expect them to really respond. And, you know, people don't like to be sold to. Nobody likes to be sold to. We all love to buy, but we don't like to be sold to.
2: So how do you recommend that e-commerce owners go out there and make those connections and get people to buy from them?
3: Well, I mean, the first thing you want to figure out is what it is that is what's your business goal for doing a campaign. So if you're trying to build your, your, your list or if you're trying to get people to sign up for a uh, offer, are you trying to get coupons You know, delivered? It can't be all these things all at once. You know, mm-hmm. you got to narrow it down and then come up with a strategy for how you're going to do it. Have your KPIs, your key indicators about, you know, what is it? What is it? It's going to be the number of followers that follow me, the number of people that press the link, something like that so that you can gauge how you're doing. Okay, so the first thing you got to do is have that plan. The second thing you have to do is have some way to measure your success. Mm-hmm. And then you got to go for it.
2: And go for it. So what tools do you use to help you with measuring your success in social media?
3: Well, you know, I love Hootsuite a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, because that gives you some uh, free tools that you can use to see how many people are actually taking what you do and sharing it again. That's one cool tool to use. Um, I like, I kind of like and I don't like, but I mean, uh, uh, I just lost it. What's the one that ranks you based on your- clout? Cloud. clout? I like clout. Mm-hmm. Clout has, you know, it, it kind of, it tries to tell you whether you're being very relevant to your audience. Mm-hmm. And I like that too. So those are kind of like speedometers. You can tell whether you're going up or down. Of course, the number of followers you just, you know, that's easy to see. And the number of friends if you're doing something on Facebook. But ultimately, it's about that call to action. How many people are taking your call to action and doing it? That is the best way for you to be able to measure the success of what you're doing.
2: Perfect. But again, remember, you don't know what to measure if you don't know what you're trying to get your people to do. Perfect. All right. Guys, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with John Lawson, a.k.a. Colder Ice. And you can find his site by going to colderice.com. And we will be right back. And we're going to ask him some questions like what were some of the little obstacles that got in the way? And also, how do you know when it's time to hire your first employee? Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Ecom Experts
1: with Webmaster Radio.fm. Time to check out our sponsors. Ecom Experts will return after this. Rise
0: links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword.
3: MajesticSEO.com. It's good to be king.
2: Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org.
0: Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now.
3: How far do your ads reach? You don't have to fly around the world for the
0: right consumers and clients to find your business. What you need is profit through
1: performance.
0: Location 3 Media helps you to increase your brand's findability and performance. Let Location 3 Media help you create efficient and effective online marketing campaigns that fit your needs and get your results. We know every click starts a journey. Where will your brand be on the path? Visit Location3Media.com. Drop into the Webmaster chat room.
1: Webmasterradio.fm. Clothing
0: is optional. Webmasterradio.fm. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere.
1: You're back with the ecom experts, only on Webmasterradio.fm. Here's Shauna Siegel.
2: Welcome back, everyone. We are here with John Lawson, a.k.a. Colder Ice. And if you want to find him, just go to ColderIce.com. And, John, I want to know, and I don't think I've ever asked you this before, but what were some of the major obstacles that got in your way as you were rising to success?
3: <laughs> um, the, the success kept moving? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I love that answer. I love that answer because it does. It's it does. like stay in place, damn it. <laughs> I thought I was here. <laughs> um, yes.
3: Uh, yeah, yes, I'm, I love that. You know, I, I think really one of the biggest was my in uh my my under education on business. That was probably one of my biggest problems and biggest hurdles, is that I got into a business totally backwards. I wasn't starting out saying, oh, I'm going to, you know, have my own business and all that. And I did not really have the basics of what it took to run a business. And um, I ended up with a lot of school of hard knocks, you know, dings and stuff. So one of the things I would tell you is to take advantage of some of your local educational opportunities for small business. Every major city has an SBA office. Go over there. They offer some very low cost and free training for business owners. Those kind of things really help you. Uh, Balancing the books. I had no idea how to really do a profit and loss sheet. All of these things that if I had known how to do these kind of things, I would have been able to sniff out trouble a lot earlier, you know, and realized like, oh, I thought I was making a profit when in reality I was losing money. So, I mean, those kind of things, I, I think you guys, if you're in business, you want to learn as much as you can about what it takes to be a business owner. It's not just enough that I, I, I know how to pack it. I know how to, you know, weigh it and put the tape on it. That's not what the business is really all about as the owner. It's, it's really about having that knowledge and understanding about how to run a business. So that, that's one of the things that really hurt me in the beginning. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so now I just surrounded myself with smarter people than myself, and that, that really helps. Um, <laughs> but also, that's another thing, too. I mean, know your limitations in, in terms of uh, what you do and don't know. You don't have to know everything, you know, especially when I first got started, I was very into the culture of the people that I was selling the product to because I was one of them. I mean, but now here it is, you know, 12 years later, I'm the old guy. So I can't tell you what's actually driving my market. I have to listen to the people who are actually the buyers now of my product to see what's hot, what's not, what to carry, you know. So just mm-hmm. know know your own limitations and be extremely honest with yourself. You have mm-hmm. to do those kind of things.
1: So I love
2: it. I yeah. love it. Good advice. Very good advice, you know. And I love the fact that you're honest and open about the learning. Um, I, and I've never heard anybody say that before. So thank you for that honesty. It means a lot.
3: Oh, cool. Thank you.
2: That is wonderful. <laughs> I, I love it. Well, because, you know, it's, it's interesting to me because I love being in school. I love being educated. And, you know, a lot of people, they'll look at me and they're like, well, why are you in school? What, <laughs> you know, why, why are you taking classes? And I'm like, well, why not? <laughs> exactly. But they think I'm crazy, you know, and it's like why not, you know? I love learning new stuff. All right, so now here's the big question for you because this is so hard for business owners and I'll admit I even have this problem still to this day. When do you know that it's time to hire that first employee?
3: Well, you know, um
2: <laughs> and additional ones too. <laughs> uh-
3: I mean, personally, for me, my first employee was like my house cleaner. You know? One day I realized it's like, you know, I need to clean this place up, but I could really have somebody else do it for me. And, I would actually save money because I didn't have to take the time to do that, and I could continue working on the things I was working on that were actually making me money. So I think that's one of the key indicators. If you're finding yourself doing mundane tasks that somebody else could be doing for you that doesn't get paid as much as you get paid, yes. right? Because yes. we get paid a lot. We take most of the income out of our businesses to support our lives, put away for the children, all that kind of stuff. You have to be able to recognize that at some point somebody else could probably do this a lot cheaper than the boss can. And that was the big wake up call for me. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I mean, when it came to my business in all actuality, the first person I hired was a customer support person. You Mm -hmm. know? Because And how long did it take you? It took uh, uh what to hire that person?
2: Yeah, to hire the customer service rep.
3: It didn't take us long to really hire a customer service person. I mean it was it was like okay, I'm 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 just overwhelmed with the number of things that I'm trying to do. Really? You know? Yeah, I mean it's just like it it was like every morning I would get up and the email would be full. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I'm spending the first two and a half, three hours of my day. Just answering the same question over and over, how to fold a bandana and look like Tupac. Okay, this is bull crap. (laughs) So that's when I decided, look, we need to outsource this. And I went ahead and and put some people on. And, And the thing is, is like, you know, in order to outsource something or to get somebody to do it, you already have to have a process that you can actually write down and communicate. Yes. You know, yeah. so that's, that's the first person you want to hire is a, probably the easiest thing for you to write down and have them pick that piece of paper up and do it.
2: Yes. Yes.
3: That's the um, easiest.
2: Yeah. And now what, what has been, and I, I admit, I still have this problem today is that now when it comes to like some bigger things, I think to myself, no, only I can do this job, but then I you know, when I really, really, really sit it down, and I think about it, and I could write out the steps, put a couple screenshots, put it into a book, and hand it to somebody, and anybody could do it at that point, but yet there still is that fear that You know, only I can do this, only I should do this. And I admit, I still have that problem occasionally still today, you know, where I get that. And I talk to a lot of store owners and they have that that fear themselves, you know. So, it's the more important stuff that you're doing on a day-to-day basis. How do you get over that? And really to help yourself grow.
3: I mean, at some level, you got to, what do you mean? You got to just kind of step back and look at your business?
2: Yeah. It's it's a tough one. Yeah. It's a, it's a really, it's a tough one at times, I feel like. And I can it see it from a business standpoint, you know, and I, you know, you, you hear it all the time, you know, you're supposed to do it, but I talk to business owners. I even, I have occasion to do it myself, you know, that, that whole thing about, you know where where you uh, get kind of stuck in that motion where you feel like only you can do stuff. You yeah. know, and yeah, then that's once the worst, you give it that's away, the
3: worst place to be. That's okay. you know that is the worst place to be if you think that you are such a control freak that you cannot give up any control. That's going to be a hindrance for you. So go ahead and it's like you know sticking your toe in the water. Just jump in and mm-hmm. let let it go. Because, because, and then that's the other thing too is that the people you hire are going to make mistakes. You're going to have to let them make mistakes. You're going to have to let them grow. They're just like, not, I'm not saying they're like your children, but I'm saying it's very similar to raising children that the only way that they're going to learn some things is by experience. So you're, you're going to have to give them the opportunity to make those mistakes so that you can correct those mistakes and get them and set them on the straight and right path. So it's it's it is a it's some kind of mental gymnastics you have to go through as a business owner to, to let somebody else do it. And a lot of times what I've found is once they get in and do it, they do it way better than I ever could.
2: <laughs> way well- better. I agree, because oftentimes we're so narrow-minded and we're so focused in on the job we're doing that we're not considering some other outside sources, whereas somebody with a new perspective might be able to look at that and see some other things that we've completely missed. And so that's why it's wonderful when you hire somebody new who goes, hey, did you happen to see this, notice Mm -hmm. this? And I'm like, no. No.
3: I had no idea there was dust in that corner. You know, I'm used yeah. to it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, it's a and fresh I, pair of eyes. <laughs> I love that you used the house cleaning, by the way. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> because you're right. <clears throat> that's the first person I hired to. Is it? <laughs> it was. Because it was like my value. And that's the thing as business owners, I don't think that we put. We don't figure out what our hourly value is worth. But that is one area where I was like, you know what? My value, my hourly value is worth way more than scrubbing toilets. Sorry. Yeah, I know. That's just the truth. Hire a teenager. <laughs>
3: exactly. Or make your kids do it.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. My
3: kids, young. my kids were too young at the time when I really wanted to get this thing started. Now they're too spoiled. So (laughs) I missed my
2: opportunity there. (laughs) You missed it. All right. Well, all right. So closing words, what would you say would be your biggest advice to somebody who is listening right now? They're thinking about opening an online store. They're really scared to go into that water. They're just kind of tipping that toe in. But they really, really would love to start their own online store. What's your advice for them?
3: You know what? Do it. you got to do it. Start now. Try it. You know, the one thing is, is that you're in your business right now and you've got to take that money and start investing that money in the growth of your business. Part of that money has to be invested in your business growth, you know, and the best way to do that is to get your own store, drive your own traffic and really start taking control of your business. And I I just, I I can't really tell people this enough. No, it's not going to turn on tomorrow, right? It's not going to be overnight, you know. It's going to take you like six months. So if it's going to take you six months to really grow this thing and drive some traffic, when are you going to start? You should start yesterday because you have the cash right now. You have the cash flow. You have the support of some of your marketplaces and the way you're selling right now. Get out there, man, and get yourself a store and start taking control of your life. Declare your independence today.
2: I love it. I love it, John. Thank you so, so much for all your advice. You rock as usual.
3: Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And tell mom happy birthday. Love her.
2: Uh, will do, and I know she loves you too. She was completely bummed when she found out that she wouldn't be here for you, but <laughs> so I will make sure to let her know she missed out big oh, time. Oh man,
3: <laughs> I hope to see you very very soon. We'll spend. Uh, more time.
2: I- I love it. I hope so as well. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. I've got a link for you, and I think it's one that you are going to like. Matt Cutts was talking about what makes a quality site, and this is a question that you guys ask all the time. So go ahead and check out this link that I put in the chat room, and if you're doing a search on Google, just do a search for Matt Cutts and Eric Talk about what makes a quality site. You're going to absolutely love it. One last thing before I go. Marissa Meyer named new Yahoo CEO. Well, this is going to be interesting. However, we'll see what it has to do with Yahoo small business. So far, it hasn't really touched us that much, but we'll see what happens. I do know that SEO 101 with host Ross Dunn and John Karkut. They talked about it and what the immediate impact is going to be, and you can catch that in the archives on Webmaster Radio. For now, we are out of here, but I look forward to seeing you next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, for another edition of Ecom Experts, when I bring you another successful online store owner and we find out what happened to help them rise to the top. Bye, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We'll uh-huh. be